You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast that explores the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. Like and follow the Batman Book Club on Twitter at TheBatmanBC to get up to date on new episodes, upcoming episodes, and giveaways. Like right now, details can be found at TheBatmanBC for the current giveaway. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan, Lauer spelled like lower. And finally, please take 30 seconds out of your day to rate and review the show. The link can be found in this episode's description. And the more reviews the show gets, it'll help spread the word. And the word is panic. Now, today's guest, as you can see in the show's description, is somebody who is very aware of Solomon Grundy. Um, He's very familiar with Gotham both the hit TV show and the fake city itself. Um, He is from the Straight Outta Gotham podcast. It is, no, not Eric Holzman. Thank God. It is Peter Vera. Hello, Pete. Hey, Ryan. What's going on? How are you doing? I am doing swell, doing swell now that you're here. Now, Pete, this is, if I have counted correctly, I hope so. This is episode number 16, and this is your fourth appearance on the Batman Book Club, which means... The Batman Book Club is 25% Peter Vera. <laughs> I had no idea. How do you feel about that? <laughs> that that's funny. I do. I, I've done, this will be my second uh, book appearance, and I've also done two Q&As. So I'm, uh, you have. I'm, I have a, a vast number of appearances, and, uh, you know, they're, they're different, you know. <laughs> the, the people have spoken, and they they want Pete. They want Pete back. They like oh, Pete. On I'm the sure show. they have. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure you got a lot of hate mail. You know, <laughs> no, no. Like, more Pete, more Pete. We've so yeah. You're the very first one on the show that I like to remind every time you've been on since, which was Batman Year One, and then the two Q and A shows. And so way back in the first episode, which launched in March, holy moly, I'd asked you what your favorite uh, Batman book was. Go back and uh, listen to what Pete had to say about that. So, since that probably hasn't changed, what, like, what's a Batman book aside from today's story that you've read recently? Uh, well, you know, it's funny, um, being that it is uh, Monday, July twentieth. Uh, the newest issue of Detective Comics, issue ten twenty four, is out in stores tomorrow. Uh, I read that today. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I have a, I'll have a review on it on Batman on Film, and uh, it's just uh, Tom and Z's doing a really great job. As he as he ties into Joker War and concludes his uh, his two face story, which I thought was very fresh, uh, very fresh and just new. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, just the changes and the aspects and just everything that uh, Thomasy and uh, Brad Walker uh, brought to the table. Walker's artwork is phenomenal, and uh, his Joker is absolutely amazing to look at. Uh, so right now, like uh, th- that's a fun one. But uh, the best Bat book, in my opinion, currently is Dan Jurgen's Batman Beyond. I think that's been the most consistent Bat book uh, that I've been reading since Rebirth. And uh, it's it's been it's been utterly fantastic. So if I had to tell you to catch anything in a collected edition, start from the beginning with uh, Dan Jurgen's Batman Beyond. Ooh, I think I read I think I read like the first two or three issues of that and I liked it and then for whatever mm. reason I just fell behind, and then now, for whatever reason, I haven't caught up through. Oh, it's so good! I mean, like you know, at some point there was a there was a Robin Beyond, and then now lately, Dick Grayson's daughter's gotten involved in the story, and it's 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 very as Batman Beyond was when it came out animate in animation. It's very just new. It honors the mythology and you know just the ethics of Batman, but it's also something fresh and bold and. I just I love it, and I, I mean I'm a big fan of Dan Jurgens, and it's just it's just great. I mean, there's there was a really good Joker story involved in there, and he's not holding back, and it's just a pleasure to read. Fantastic. And to go back to the detective, I didn't not like the Arkham Knight story that I think Tamazi came. Mm-hmm. Was that his first one coming back to detective? Ah, uh, geez, I don't his remember. First arc. Uh, I mean, it might have been. Yeah, it was, it was a it was a fresh uh, reinterpretation of the Arkham Knight, and. Uh, 
Walt Tomlinson's reinterpretations of characters are good. I, I, his classic stories with classic villains, I, I don't, you know, you can't really get better than that. Mm. I think it's outside of that. Like, yeah, it's I've liked Detective more than uh, the Batman run. Even which, going back to Tynan, yeah, I, yeah, I, I know you and I are you and I are at odds with Tynan's rebirth detective launch. Um, I loved it. Which, I mean, he could be a bit wordy, but I mean, I I love the '90s aspect of it. The whole uh, Tim Drake and Stephanie Brown stuff was gold to me. You know, that, those stories like that really hit me to the heart. You know, bring me back to my uh, childhood. So I love Tynan's run. I don't know that. I mean, that could be a whole conversation sometime, sometime too. I know you went through the entire run on a podcast episode with Ryan Haas for Batman on film. And that was, that was a marathon in itself, but choose liking the detective issues more than the Batman ones running concurrently. Like that hasn't happened probably since, Oh, I'd say Scott Snyder's black mirror, you know, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that was post, post final crisis Morrison the, stuff or whatever. But ever since then, it's just been, it's always been the Batman title for me. And right now, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe unpopular opinion, but Tynan, he's hit and miss with me. Um, I loved all of his Batman turtle crossover stuff. And yeah, all that's fun. that stuff it's was awesome. great. Yeah. Him with, uh, was it Freddie Williams? Was that the artist? Yes, man. That yeah. guy can draw. Yeah. I mean, it, it was such a, it's such unique artwork. I love that. But uh, yeah, I mean, Going back to like New Fifty Two, I, I, you know, obviously I prefer what Scott Snyder was doing with Batman. I mean, who didn't? I can't. I, I think Tom and Z actually did some writing on that detective, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I forget who else. It might have been uh, Brian Hitch or something like that. Uh, but the New Fifty Two detective was not as as good as it probably should have been, and Batman really stole the show. But the Batcat stuff that Tom King was doing, uh, it's it wasn't bad. I liked it. I just preferred what Tynan was doing at the time. That's really it. Gotcha. I'm not. I'm not going to bash Tom King <laughs> at all. I know some people love to, but don't you dare. Yeah, but it, it, we it, will. It was good. We will go back way before the Tynan, the Kings, the Scott Snyder's, and for today's story, I was very excited. So usually, when somebody comes on and we record. Afterward, I tell them, hey, would you like to come back on? And they say, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I say, okay, tell them, let me know what book you want to cover for next time. And I don't think you hesitated at all in when you told me today's book. And this was way back after recording Batman Year One. Yeah. And you were like, I know what I want to do next. And I'm like, ooh, okay. Especially since so, I knew no one else would take it. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so obscure, but yet... I don't think anybody's going to be like, what? It'll be like, oh, so go ahead and say what book you chose. Well, it, th- this is a this is a three-issue title that spans uh, Batman and Detective. You have two issues. Uh, the it book ends with Batman, and in the middle is Detective Comics. But um, it is The Penguin Affair. And uh, this book came out in 1990. Uh, this is well before Batman Returns. But <laughs> there's some similarities with Batman Returns. And this is before, you know, the Penguin really had the identity that he – that became really popular in no man's land. And what's really great about the story is the heavy hitters that were involved. I mean, it was co-written. Uh, Marv Wolfman did the issues of Batman and Alan Grant did the issues of uh, what's it, uh, did the one issue of Bat- uh, Batman. And then your artists for uh, the first issue of detective was Jim Aparo. And in detective, it was your favorite Norm Brayfogle. Uh-huh. And then uh, we had a separate artist as I'm looking through the books right here for the, th- for the conclusion. Uh, his name was, Mark Bright. So uh, there was a lot of heavy hitters in the 90s and in, in, uh, in the early 90s involved in this. And it was really just, it's really something to behold because it's such an obscure title. Um, and, you know, th- some of the early gimmicks of the Penguin are still present. You know, it, he, like I said, he hasn't really captured his identity. But what I love about this book is it introduces one of my favorite Batman co-stars. Uh, he's a character that's uh, that some people may not be too familiar with considering he was recently killed. I believe uh, I believe his last appearance was Hush. He was killed in a hush story. So uh, it is uh, Harold Allnut, <laughs> the hunchback of Gotham. Uh, one of we my favorite. Just say Harold, because I don't think I would have. I could have ever guessed. Ryan, here's a million dollars. Guess Harold's last name. And I'm like, he has a last name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I Harold just read Allnut. the damn story, but I mean, whatever. It's it's Harold. He has one yeah. name, like Cher and Seal. He is Harold in the Batman world. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that is that is true. So uh, kind of how you just said, so I think this 
this story arc itself is very unique for multiple reasons. Like you just kind of said of like one, it spanned in both Batman and detective. It crossed over and back. There's co plotters between Alan Grant and Marv Wolfman, but then there's Mm -hmm. only one scripter, which is Marv Marv Wolfman. And then there's not two, three artists, which uh, Jim Aparo or Aparo. I I never know. I've never, I was meant to do my homework on which way it's actually pronounced. I don't know. I've always said Aparo. Okay. I think I have two. Uh, and then also, yes, my man, Norm Brayfogel. And then also this this little dude, Mark Bright, who's supposed to bat cleanup after two of like two of the greatest Batman comic book artists. And he does uh, a great job, I think. I, I It's not like the art is ever jarring or anything. I, I do appreciate what he was doing. Like, it's not bad. You know, you could tell it's not Brayfogel. It's it's not a paro. But, he, you know, he's just I think he, he was a worthy uh worthy artist to finish out this trilogy so to speak yeah so it's it, it fits in very well i i guess i when i just read through it i wasn't looking at the credits the first time i'm reading it through mm-hmm. um, when i just reread this and then i was like oh yeah, yeah yeah there's there's multiple artists here and then it dawned on me too of like wait let me look back and i looked back for the third part here and so i was like oh it's not even the his art fits perfectly it's not distracting yeah. so it's yeah, that part's very unique. So is I'd ask what what drew you to choosing this book, but maybe you just said it and that it is the debut of your boy Harold. Yeah, uh, it's it's Harold's Batman debut. Harold was uh, originally uh, debuted in question number 33 in December of 1989. Uh, he's a character that was created by Marv Wolfman and Alan Grant. So, you know, he, he this is this is really Harold's big uh introduction to the Batman lore. Uh, Harold becomes a, a, an important ally in, uh, in Batman's arsenal. After the story, he makes another appearance, I think 10 issues later in Batman where Batman formally adopts Harold, uh, you know, as he usually does a Robin and Harold is a, Harold is a genius mechanic. Uh, he could fix anything and uh, his intelligence is on display in the story as he is the reason why the penguin is, you know, just accumulating wealth and money and everything as because <laughs> It's funny because, you know, the gimmick of the penguin's still strong. Like I said earlier, like throughout the story, the penguin's whole objective is I want to mind control birds to do my bidding <laughs> so then I could sell these mind control birds to terrorists, you know, or, or crime lords and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that that bird, uh, that bird gimmick is still there. And it, it's weird because when the book ends, it's because Batman uses like a, a, a sonar or radar or whatever radio waves to turn the birds essentially against Penguin, you know, which is very similar to Batman Returns where he, mm-hmm. you know, flips the script on him and the penguins blow up the Arctic world. <laughs> so like there's points to me when I'm rereading this and I'm like, oh man, I wonder if someone gave Daniel Waters this book because it's written in 1990. So this is probably like one of the Batman stories that they handed it. Cause you know, these guys get, I mean, you see directors and writers go into like DC comics vaults and they come out with, you know, I remember Rick Famuyiwa had a huge stack of comics and everything when he was writing the flash. So they well, give these at- guys these things. So it's like, did, was that, that was like, that had to have inspired Daniel Waters slightly when he was making these changes to Batman returns. Well, I mean, also instantly what I picture is put 19 or the sixties penguin, Burgess Meredith next to the penguin on the penguin affair cover Batman number four forty eight next yeah. to one of those penguin for mayor banners in Batman Returns and it is spot like, on copy paste copy paste yeah which is funny because then you look at the Danny DeVito penguin and nothing similar at all <laughs> except the top hat maybe the yeah. top hat <laughs> the um, yeah the top hat the umbrella the cigarette yeah and the, so, the ability to control birds <laughs> through like radio waves. To, yeah. Of course, in a believable way in every form of media. Now, which version did you read? I guess I can ask first, when was the first time that you read this? Uh, this was, for me, I stumbled upon this as I was searching through, uh, let's say, the I don't know if it was the dollar bin or just the back issue catalog of my comic shop. Really? Yeah, because, well, it's, uh, yeah, because I'm searching through and I'm like, I'm always, like, I'm always buying like old books. You know, I, I love back issues. I love reading just the history of the character and where he came from. So like the Batman issues are 448 and 449. So I'm like, okay, these are reasonably priced, but I'm like, this is weird. It says part one and then part three. So I'm like, where's part two? 
So, so I had after some digging, I eventually found out that part two happens in Detective Six Fifteen. So I went back and I picked that up, and I had like this whole story, and I was reading it, and like it's so fascinating to me because I, I mean, like I said, like I'm a huge Harold fan because of No Man's Land and Harold. You know, he built the rail system, and then he was in Nightfall, and like everything growing up. Like Harold was present as, as a Batman side character when I was growing up, and he's. He's he's the only person in the Batcave who's never really suited up. Like we've seen Alfred wear the cowl, Dick Grayson's been Batman, Tim Drake's Rob. You know, like everyone else fights crime in, in this in, in a superhero way, but Harold is such a genius engineer, you know, building Batmobiles and ways for Batman and just and, and gadgets and everything. I found him so fascinating. So I, I really just stumbled upon this as as just a, an avid back issue collector. Like it was later on in life, and I, I love the story because I just love Harold as a character and just seeing where he came from and you know, it, it's funny because like, you know, in the beginning of the book, like Harold is just wandering the streets and he gets, you know, he gets the, the crap kicked out of him by just like people passing by, like three cars come by and like they're throwing insults at him. Like two guys get out of the car and they jump him and the penguin sees him and takes him in. And he, like unknowingly, like the penguin almost like takes care of this guy and he and then he stumbles upon his genius intellect. And decides to use that in his his next crime spree, and then to, and then eventually, like you know, as the issues unfold, you know, Harold finds out that the Penguin is not who he is, and the Penguin is, is eventually going to get rid of Harold, and he's just using him, and to see Harold, you know, just flip the script on the Penguin, and and eventually be like a silent partner almost in helping the Batman. It's it's fascinating to see where he came from, to where he where he ended up. So I'm going to rewind and say that I'm first just I'm outraged that some comic shop had had the balls to sell a Norm Brayfogle single issue for only a dollar. I don't that know if it was a dollar. I mean, I know it was in the back issue catalog. It was it, it was either in the dollar bin or the price book section. A sin to man. How dare they? And then on top of it, they doubled down in a Jim Aparo issue also for only a dollar. A Batman Jim Aparo issue. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. But the like, artwork's beautiful. Like said, artwork is outstanding, which is like, well, yeah, duh, look at the two two of the artists that were working on it. But kind of like you, I, I've said before on this show, and just a couple episodes back is where I really got to gush about Norm Bravevogel, but that is kind of, I do not know the moment that I became obsessed with Batman. I have mm. no idea. You and I are the same age. I do not remember a time that I didn't love Batman. And I asked my mom, I've asked my dad, of like, is there any time that you remember something that happened? They're like, nope. We just always thought you loved Batman. But Norm Brayfogel was huge in me loving Batman. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I picture in my earliest time. And my uncle was a big uh, comic book collector, and he gave my brother and I a big stacks of comics. He gave my brother a big count of Detective Run and gave me Batman. And they were my Batman issues were started with year three. So was that 436? Um, I believe so. Right there. No, he gave me Lonely Place of Dying. So it started like Lonely Place of Dying up through like 465. Wow, that's great. That's great. I mean, yeah. I, I love that story too. And in that same, so like 30 single issues he gave me. And then that same time period, 30 issues of Detective and gave it to my brother. So as I'm, so these are like, you know, early 90s that I'm just like, I get these one day and then I just go re- on a reading spree and I get to the Penguin Affair and I'm like, oh my gosh, the Penguin and everything. Mm-hmm. And I start this out and everything is fantastic. And then I grab it. I'm like, end of the issue. 449 is the Penguin Affair, part three of three. And I'm like, what? Yeah, where's, where's part two? Yeah. Even though it says at the bottom of 448, continued in detective. It still was like, and then it started to get me angry of, cause I'm like, I'm OCD. I need to have all three parts, but one mm-hmm. of them messes up my brother's run. Cause he's got 30 issues in order. I can't steal one of his detectives. Cause then he doesn't have all of them in order. So then it created this, this massive problem, but I was able to eventually trade something valuable in mind for his detective comics. And I have them all. So I'm okay. But I did not go through my long box and get the single issues to reread this. Instead, the, like DC has been basically that that time period recollecting runs and putting them in the Caped Crusader, uh, okay. like Batman, Cape, the Caped Crusader trades, mm-hmm. and then the I guess Dark Detective is the other one. Okay, and the Caped Crusader line is Batman Dark Detectives Detective, and so they recently released Batman the Caped Crusader Volume Three, and it collects the Penguin Affair. 
So digitally, it's available on DC Universe, every single, each issue. But through um, the Hoopla app, which is about the library, I keep praising that because it's awesome. That's how I got it. Instead of going and digging through digging through my long boxes, which are kind of st- in storage right now and all that. So I read it digitally. I wish I would have gotten my single issues just because those are also fun to see the ads in between. It's always, it's yeah, a, it's great. It's, it's time travel. The old paper, the way that feels. Yes. And, and I, own, I own two, essentially two volumes of this. Like I, I've bought in this twice. Uh, I like, I like the story that much. It's one of my favorites. So like I have in my long boxes, it's in my mother's basement, but it is one of my more favorite stories. So I do kind of keep it on hand in my house now until I'm able to hopefully transport my stuff one day when I have a house with a basement to -hmm. put my stuff in. But uh, yeah, like it's weird because it's, it's goofy, but it's, it's simple and it's, it's, it's just a, it's a fun Batman read, Mm -hmm. uh, especially for the time frame and, uh, you know, with who with who is involved in creating the story, it's very interesting. It just, you know, like the penguin he kidnaps a girl because he's upset. He's in love with her, like character in a in a soap opera. You know, he, he's he gets inspired by this actress who kills like her husbands in this show, and so he used, you know he he basically like alerts her with his Harold controlled birds, and he kidnaps her, and he's trying to convince her to marry her, and it's just funny to me because it's like. Oh man, if, if I was if I was a if I if I had Harold, I could I could make Heather Locklear from Melrose Place fall in love with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like that's where your mind goes. It's just funny. Totally like relatable. Totally relatable. Yeah, yeah, because it's like you know, like you know, who doesn't love Melrose Place? <laughs> but it, it's just so funny that that's that's what the Penguin was doing. He was stealing money and jewels to eventually sell this technology and also kind of convince this actress to fall in love with him, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's just weird. Cause I, I'm a big penguin fan and it's, it's interesting. Like I said earlier to see where the penguin was to compared to where he is now. And it's fascinating. Yeah. There's no iceberg lounge, you know, the, the gimmicks of birds and umbrellas are still present. And even at one point, like in the book, like Tim Drake, uh, who doesn't suit up as Robin in the book, he's just, he mm-hmm. just rides around with Batman in the Batmobile. He's like the penguin's kind of like a buffoon, and Batman's like, "Don't let his like portly stature and the way he looks fool you, because his genius intellect will take get the upper hand." It's just, it's funny, and it's 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 just funny hearing Batman talk about the penguin as like a formidable adversary and how intelligent he's he on a level of the Joker. <laughs> yeah, and then like one of the most interesting things about the the book, I believe, happens in in part two, where like you actually see like Batman drive to like the edge of a cliff and meditate. Mm-hmm. And he's like thinking about how am I going to stop the penguin? And I don't think I've ever seen that in a Batman book since, you know, like I, I, you read almost as much as I do. Like, can you think no, of any other time where the Batman just meditates for to find uh, like a, to think of a clue or something? I, I can't think of another instance. I mean, meditate probably like in some random issue with like the sensei or in Nanda Parvabat or like Ra's al Ghul or something. But it's not like I can think of anything off the top of my head of like, oh, yeah, actually in Batman number 614 um, yeah. or anything like that. So, I mean, yeah. So the story itself is actually kind of very simple. If you had to say, hey, what's the penguin affair about? Uh, penguins controlling birds, using them as weapons, and wants to sell them for money. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. Nuts and bolts. There you go. But also, kind of as you've just already explained, is like, well, it's got penguin in it, and then he, for a subplot of that, is that he's obsessed and trying to get a Heather Locklear uh, to love him, and so he kidnaps her, and then also Tim Drake is also at Wayne Manor assisting Batman as Tim Drake, not mm-hmm. as Robin. Oh, also it's the debut of Harold. He only has one name, Harold. Oh, and also it's heavily inspired by Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Yeah. Oh, and also it's got Norbray Fogel and Jim Aparo and Marv Wolfman all involved. Oh, and the headliner, Mark Bright. Can't forget about Mark. I mean, I'm not going to go like panel by panel because that's kind of the, you know, that's the nuts and bolts of it. But do you want to start with Harold? Like some of your highlights of this this arc? You, It sounds like you love Harold. I, I mean, yeah, like I, it's just funny, like seeing it's like I said, like how he starts all the book, he's so beaten down and like he's at the end of his wits. But it, it, and like if, when you read the book, you almost feel like the penguin actually cares about this guy. You know, like you get like you get a sense of like emotion and like wanting to take this guy in and give him a chance. And you're almost like, wow, OK, like the penguin's not so bad. You know, like he's he's given this guy, you know, this 
this you know this hunchback of Gotham, you know, he's giving him a shot and he's he's helping him out. He's lending him a hand, and it's just, you know, he, he eventually the Penguin sees something that he can use in a person for his personal gain, and that kind of like leads to Peng. You know, that's kind of like the Penguin that I'm more familiar with. You know, the opportunist, mm-hmm. like I'm going to take advantage, you know, I'm going to use you to get what I need. And you could see like, that's kind of like the penguin is starting to become who the penguin should be. But they're, like, there's still like that whole gimmick of 66 and Burgess Meredith, as you said. But it's, it's you know. fun. I mean, that yeah. aspect of it is fun. But yeah, I was I was kind of duped because I don't know the last time that I've read this. I've read this a few times, but it's so scattered mm-hmm. in my reading that it is a little like, wait, I don't really remember what happened. So yeah, I wasn't exactly sure. And I'm like, did did Penguin actually have feelings in this? And then I don't remember if it is in like, towards the end of book one or if it's in some spot in the, or part one, or is it, if it's part two that basically he's telling his assistant of basically like use, I don't know even the word, the wordage, but it was not nice. <laughs> basically like use him and then we can, you know, chug yeah. him out to the trash or whatever. Here's and the- Harold hears it. But I think Harold is such a, such a unique character in the Batman Batman mythos, you know, of like mm-hmm. he was important in the nineties and they utilized Harold in the nineties. And he, he helped Batman with a lot of stuff down in the cave and all the technology and, and, and gadgets and everything. He would have been a lot of fun if they'd have somehow brought him into the brave and the bold series. Yeah. You know, you, you could, you could see like Harold essentially is what Lucius Fox was in the dark Knight trilogy. Mm-hmm. Ma- you know, yeah. ca- making gadgets, fixing Batman's equipment. I believe at one point he m- built him a new Batmobile. You know, so like Harold's intellect is sec- is second to none when it comes to just being. He- essentially, he's a, he's a world class engineer. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's stated throughout. You know, <laughs> Batman. It's funny because as Penguin's controlling the birds, he's he's you know he he sets traps for Batman. And he tries to he tries to get the better of Batman as you know as the Penguin usually does. Mm-hmm. Batman traps <laughs> one of the birds against the windshield of the Batmobile with a trash can lid. So then he takes, <laughs> which is funny because it's like, it's like of all the gadgets. So it's like, clearly Batman needs Harold because he's using a lid of a trash can. So, <laughs> so he eventually takes this bird back to uh, the Batcave. But after just numerous like altercations with the birds, like, you know, at one point, like they're swarming him and he ends up driving off the road, you know, cause the, the, the birds fly into a, an engine of a plane and the plane crashes and, you know, Batman sees it and he's, he's sideswiped and by the time, and then he's like, okay, well, you know, Wayne Manor's nearby. I can make it out on a foot. Well, guess what? The birds find him again. And then, and the birds actually make it their way into the bat cave and then into Wayne Manor. And then, you know, Har- Alfred and Tim are hiding in a closet and, <laughs> Batman, you know, he eventually in the Batcave, he figures out how to use like ultrasonics or something to disrupt the brainwaves of the birds. But, you know, after that, Batman is, he dissects this bird and he finds a, th- this piece of equipment in, inside the bird's head. And he's just so astonished by the technology that the penguin's using. So he's, he's trying to figure it out. And he, you know, it, it there's a, there's a good amount of detective work mm-hmm. in this, in this little three issue story. And it's, that's why we love Batman. Like, you know, he's the world's greatest detective. So it's fun to see that. And it also showed us before out. you go on a case as a detective, you need to sit and play chess on a computer because it stimulates the brain and then gets you ready to think like a detective. And that's a theme thank, throughout the story. Thank you, comics. The does that too. <laughs> yeah. You know, the thank penguin, you, comics. Penguin's playing chess numerous times. And it, it's funny because like, <laughs> They mentioned like modems and stuff. Like you could see like early nineties things and just, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's interesting where they go. Absolutely. So Harold is, Harold is key. He disappears at the end of this book, but then he shows up 10 issues. So the next, the following year in DC comics lore, Harold returns and becomes more of the ally that we've come to know and know and love with Harold. Batman 458, I believe he makes his next appearance. God bless him, bless him. But then you also mentioned that old Tim Drake is in this episode. Episode, jeez, in mm-hmm. this issue, never suits up as Robin. He has at this point in Batman history shown up as Robin. Uh, six issues prior to this was the last chapter of A Lonely Place of Dying, which was like the mm-hmm. first graphic novel I was ever given. But he showed up in that one, and then I don't. I was looking to see, and rather than like grab every issue and look through it quick. I don't think he'd suited up as Robin again since. 
Granted, it was only six issues. Yeah, six issues, but he hadn't suited up again since. And then researching a little bit is because he was still doing his you know, training. Kind of like right. this story is training. He's helping Batman, assisting Batman in the Penguin and his motivations and what the hell is going on and all that. But I don't remember like reading this specifically and focusing on Tim Drake when I was a kid and reading it, but classic Tim Drake of very likable character. He's got that same haircut that the uh, Robin action figure from Batman Returns. You know, he's got that like flat top look. <laughs> like when I see this version of Tim Drake in this story, that's what I think of. Marlon but, um, Wayans is a uh, Robin from Batman Returns. He's got, <laughs> yeah, that, he's yeah, got that haircut. Yeah, yeah, he's got that haircut. But it's, it's interesting because like I said, like, uh, when Batman's out meditating, it's Tim's words that inspire Batman, and he's like, "I know how. I know how we can get the Penguin." And it, he, you know, that's this issue kind of displays. Whereas, like Lonely Place of Dying, Tim's intelligence and detective work, it, it's still on display here, mm-hmm. as, as Tim is kind of the influence on Batman into solving solving the Penguin and uh, solving the Penguin's like just reign of terror in Gotham city. Cause you know, like he's the penguins like causing trouble in like Gotham tunnel. And he's, he's blowing up buildings with these birds. And it, it, it's, and it, you could see like the influence in of the birds in this is it's fascinating wh- what they were able to do. Yeah. So let's highlight that in that part. Part two is basically all the attack of the birds. Now, also when I was a kid, I was a Saturday afternoon, uh, remember video stores, my parents had rented a movie called the birds and mm-hmm. had told me this movie is scary. We're going to watch this. We're going to watch it in the daytime. Cause it's scary. Cause at the time I'm watching, I was like nine or 10, something like that. And I watched it and I thought that it was just silly to this day. I've watched Alfred Hitchcock's the birds as an mm-hmm. adult. And I'm still like, eh, it's okay. I mean, it's okay. It's Sorry. No psycho, I know it's probably, yeah. It's probably blasphemy, but I'm like, it's okay. But Detective Comics 615, which is the birds in Gotham, is freaking awesome. It's madness, like almost the entire issue. It wouldn't surprise me for them to, you know, basically release three comic book book issues in a month, Mm -hmm. like from June something until July something, that they... Brave Vogel, you need to draw this and we will get other artists to draw the other two issues because there's birds everywhere in every single panel of yeah. this issue. The attack in Gotham on people and then getting caught in like, you know, the engines of planes and shit and like Batman fighting birds sounds hilarious, but it's like actually really cool in a lot of the panels. And I just think it's. Brave Fogel getting to go nuts, and I love it when Norm Brave Fogel gets to go nuts. And it, it's R. weird because, like you said, you think it's silly Batman fighting birds, but like mm-hmm. if you, <laughs> as weird as this sounds, as if you look up like turkey attacks <laughs> on YouTube, birds can be <laughs> really vicious. Up. <laughs> I, I, I have what you do late at night sometimes. I, well, hey, no, I, have a, turkey I have a friend at work who's terrified of turkeys, <laughs> and she's told me this story like how she's terrified of turkeys, and I'm like. Are you kidding me? I would kick a turkey. Like literally, oh like I feel like I would kick a turkey. So every so often she sends me these videos of turkey attacks. And like it's crazy. They're they're really vicious animals. And on second thought, I'm like, all right, maybe this turkey is a little bit more formidable than I could think of. But like I, I honestly think I could t- take a turkey. But like so like a bird, I can only imagine a hawk or something that could fly and just I've worked uh, with guys who work on like electronic displays in like Times Square. And guys who have done like work in like the roof of the Meadowlands building in the football stadium where the Giants and Jets play. And they tell me like, you have to be aware of like hawks and falcons because they'll just attack you out of nowhere. Like while this guy is up there trying to fix a display, he'll tell me like a hawk will just come at you. And like they have a spotter to let you know when the bird's coming. And it's it's funny because like I'm reading this and I'm thinking of like these stories I've heard from these guys who who are doing this stuff. And it's just – I'm like, okay, like it makes sense that like, yeah, th- these birds are swarming Batman and he's having a hard time. Can you just imagine like getting swarmed by a flock of birds as they're oh, like- Oh, I can imagine because you just said this and I just went to YouTube and typed in turkey attacks and a video shows a kid getting chased by two turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a bird so, that can't fly. My God. Thank you, Pete, for this gift because now I know- <laughs> 
need to take a break from work. I'm like, I know, turkey attacks on YouTube. <laughs> no <laughs> more cat crap. videos. No. <laughs> turkeys attack people when turkeys attack five. When so, turkeys attack five. Holy crap. It's a crazy, it's, it's silly, but it, you know, it's it's just a weird, it's a weird animal to use in, in a Batman story. But when you think about it, it's it's a very sadistic thing that the penguin's doing because, and at one point Batman points it out, I was like, it, they're the perfect henchmen because they don't need a mm-hmm. cut. So he's taking 100% of the profits. So the penguin never, to me, I didn't, I never got excited for a penguin story. I, I just didn't. If he was in one of the, if he was in a comic story on the cover, I was like, eh. and I liked. I mean, I like all of Batman the animated series, but even now in rewatching, it's not like I, ooh, Penguin, yeah, like just nothing really about the Penguin really ever got me too excited. Mm-hmm. But this must have left some kind of impression. Well, Danny DeVito's Penguin in Returns is gross, but I really like him. Get He's amazing. Doc. He's amazing. He's amazing, and I don't care what Rick Shue says. <laughs> but if I had to picture, if I had to picture the Penguin. It would be the cover of Batman 448. Like, yeah. this story's Penguin is like, that was kind of my introduction to Penguin. And he's, I mean, he's formidable in this one. He's a, he's a good comic villain because the story here, I mean, it's, it's a comic book story, you know, it's kind of silly, but also fun. And also this guy's a, this guy's a dick. And that's kind of how the Penguin is. And then he's got his, wah, wah, wah. And, you know, he does dialogue. it constantly throughout the book. all over the place. And you know, I'd rather read it. Unpopular opinion again. I'd rather read it than hear Burgess Meredith doing it so much in the old series. I mean, he was the Penguin through and through. But again, I just the the Penguin character is. I don't not like him. He just never gets me really excited. But this story, this story is just fun. He's he's fun in the story. That's I guess I'll just keep saying fun, 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 fun. And he would love yeah. turkeys. I'm I'm sure, dude. There should be somebody call. Oh, like I mean, I've been tweeting Tom Taylor all day. Can I get like a Tom <laughs> Taylor turkey affair? <laughs> the sequels of the much loved Penguin affair. No, he could do. He could do a a tie-in of deceased and it's all these turkeys that have been slain on Thanksgiving come back to life. Yeah. And attack the DC universe. Um, We're onto something here, Pete. I love it. it. I love it. So Batman in this. So this is fun too, because I like mixing it up. I'm all for a deep Batman story. Batman's with internal conflicts, emotional toll, stuff like that. I'm all for that. I also really dig that. It's just like, Batman's purpose in this story arc is to just track down the bad guy and stop him. Mm-hmm. And he is, I'd say he probably gets like equal amount of uh, attention as the penguin in, over these three issues. But yeah. I mean, his, his service is of talking to Tim and like, I mean, the first time we see him, he's what is it at the stock exchange where there's a, a ton of birds and he's yeah. like, what's going on with the penguin? So it is his, his sole purpose in this arc is to just what's the penguin up to. Let's go stop him. And I think that really works. Cause I don't, I don't need to have some kind of, Oh, the, the crazy birds killing people represents a, a deep instability in Batman's, you know, uh, self-esteem and, you know, anything deep like that. It's like, no, it's freaking birds. And he just needs to, kill birds and stop the penguin. That's it. And I think that's, that's all I need out of this story. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, lo- I I'm with you. I love the psychological aspect of Batman and the inner turmoil, but it's, it's the mentorship of a Robin that I always like. And it's mm-hmm. not really long. It's only a couple, maybe like probably like two pages, which, it, which in this story is enough, but him dealing with Tim and trying to figure out Tim's place. And he, you know, he's, he's, coming out of like lonely place of dying. Like he's, he's learning of Tim's intellect and his, his skills. And he's trying to find, you could see Batman trying to figure out the best way to use this resource, which is Tim Drake. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. And it's, it's, it's an underappreciated part of this story. And it's like I said earlier, like how Tim, how he basically, you know, as Batman's meditating on, uh, on the edge of a cliff, it's Tim's words that kind of inspire Batman's way of capturing the penguin. You know, it, it's just 
it's just fascinating because it involves Wayne tech. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we get an introduction of a, of a new bat suit, which is, you know, Batman in pinstripes. <laughs> He's wearing gray pinstripes. Um, it, it's fascinating. And there's a helicopter, but it's, it's not the bat copter. It's like a Wayne, it's like a ha- helicopter from uh, Wayne aerospace or the hangar in within the airport close to where the, the penguin is um, hiding out. And it's, it's, it involves all aspects of Batman from from his, his young ward to his wealth as Bruce Wayne and just his genius intellect and is willing to, you know, even though he can be stubborn at times and even Alfred says like, you know, he's not going to let you know what he's up to now, but when, when the time comes, he'll let you know when he needs you. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, I feel like it's, it, it's in a weird, in a very weird story. It's a, it's a very definitive version of Batman. I feel. Mm-hmm. As you say, definitive. So perfect. in. For me, the definitive parts are the panels of him driving the Batmobile, the panels of him in the Batcave, the panels quick of him talking to Gordon, uh, panel with him and Penguin, because this just, it's a nostalgic trip for me. And mm-hmm. these were my first like impressions that I can remember of Batman and the Batcave and the Batmobile and stuff like that. Like this suit, you know, the hashtag yellow oval. It's beautiful. The, the blue and the gray suit with that yellow Mm. oval. It's like, that was kind of my introduction at Batman. And so the cave being like this mustard yellow, that was the bat cave that I first, you know, that I remember in that Batmobile, which I have, I have in my closet. I think of, I, I'd gotten a lot of these. I don't even know what brand it would be. It's a, a toy brand, but it's like hard metal cars. And they were just doing Batmobiles in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever. And this Batmobile, I'm pretty sure, is one of them. Yeah, that I have. This is actually one of my my least favorite Batmobiles. (laughs) It's a weird one. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was kind of like, cool, when it kind of fell into the ocean. (laughs) I was like, oh, cool. You know, (laughs) he's going to get a new one. (laughs) I'm um, over it. Yeah, it's, it's cool watching just all aspects of Batman being used, you know, just Everything. I mean, even Wayne Manor has has a has a significant part, and the technology. Like, there's like a holographic fence around Wayne at the outside of Wayne Manor that leads into the cave, and Batman states that you know he's like mm-hmm. he's like you know he throws like a flashbang grenade, hoping that it'll blind the birds. And he's like, if I just keep going straight, I'll run right through the hologram, and then he's like, but that'll only delay the birds for some time. It's just just the inner monologue of like these old books, while you know, like yeah. I feel like some of those dialogue boxes have disappeared in comics, especially, you know, with guys like Tom King who try to use as little words as possible. You know, like it's like a staple of like 80s to early 90s comic books. Like Marv Wolfman was so detailed. Denny O'Neill, so detailed. Like, you know, you had not only did you have like dialogue, but you had the description boxes that were telling you like what was in the head with their heads and what was going on around them and their inner monologues. And it's, it's like you said, it's a very classic feel. And so you, you know, you get that smell of that old like construction paper. It's such a vintage feel. So the noises that you're hearing is because I just went and grabbed it. And yeah, I'm pretty sure this is it. So do you have so your you're phone doing an unboxing video now? I <laughs> unboxing audio. The yeah, worst kind of unboxing you you can do. But you can't see I'm gonna it, send you me a, describe this. Let me yeah, let me tell you about this, okay? I'm gonna send a picture to you and I will post this on, on Twitter at the Batman BC. And mm-hmm. you can tell me if I'm pretty sure the box itself says 1990s uh, Batmobile, but I think this is it. So I, this, this is a great show right now. I know. <laughs> the Penguin okay, Fair. I'm so like, I love it. But man, no, look at that. I didn't even think about it. I'm like, wait, this is in my closet along with, with like seven other Batmobiles. I didn't get to, I didn't get to finish the, the collection. Because I couldn't find them. It was such a short, short-lived thing. And I got a bunch as like a gift for Christmas. And then anyways, not one of your favorite Batmobiles. That's okay. I don't know that I'd say it's one of my favorites. But it's like, I love it because it was amongst yeah, the first. That looks that looks so, like it. Yeah, I'd say that's it. it okay. it's, such a, it's such a weird looking Batmobile to me. You know, it, it's very yeah. space age, I want to say. It's got that weird I mean, like double bubble window. So it looks better like in person and not as bubbly as it does in like the comics. Mm-hmm. Oh, gee, why is that? Because it's fully 3D in my hand. But anyways, well, this has become the Batmobile show. The Batmobile book club. <laughs> I, I want to ask you, out of these yes, three sir. books, what is you, you've brought up the cover of 448 a lot. What is your mm-hmm. favorite cover? Because for me, I think it's got to be Batman 449. 
and just okay. it's it's so unique because bright it's Brayfogle, but it look uh-huh. it, it's it's um there's always that debate like does Batman have white lenses or was the artist just they couldn't draw pupils so they just made his 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 eye slits white and you could see like there's this hawk holding the cowl and he's pecked through shattered glass in the eye in the eye slots and it's mm-hmm. it's a you know you see the the hatching that bray fogel is just famous for in his artwork it's just it's 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 a really cool cover meanwhile like i know 448 is cool because you got all three main characters on the front and then you have uh detective 615 which is kind of like the birds and batman in the shadows but right above the jewelry store i really love the cover of 449 I, that if out of the three i'd say that's my favorite okay so all three covers are good all three covers are also bray fogel and I I think the 448 is just ingrained in my my brain that I have to say that that one's my favorite. I just really like that. It's cool yeah, because I'm just it's weird that they it. have like this Roman column in in the middle of the issue, and Batman and Penguin are just leaning on it, mm-hmm. and while it's holding up the title of the story, you know, Penguin Affair One of Three. It's it's a nice little touch. It's it's, it's just cool to me. Yeah. I do like it. The other two covers are almost like a little more, not haunting per se, but steps a little bit more towards that. This is almost the lightest cover there of the three and everything, like literally, because it is like a bright blue behind it. But Mm -hmm. like, I mean, it's just two, just two guys watching another type on a computer. Yeah. Whoop-de-doo. But something about it to me, it really stands out. And I can always picture this cover and not like not instantly the other two. So that's why I think this one's definitely got to be it. Got to be it for moi. And since you said favorite, I want to I want to jump to the end to where you know that I'm going. If you have a favorite part of this of this arc of the Penguin Affair, what would it be? Oh man, my favorite part of the Penguin Affair. Um, for, for me, it's it's Batman running from the penguins, leading to where he figures out like the radio waves disrupt the penguins' radio signal, like that whole like. When he's in the Batmobile and the plane crashes and he's like, you know, he's swarming like as he's like fighting the birds, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That's probably like my favorite part of the whole story because it's it's so unique and almost terrifying. And now that I look yeah. back on it, you know, it, it, that's that's definitely my favorite part. Nice. For me, it's an odd pick. It's a very odd pick. It might top the odd pick for dark victory was Garrett grab episode three, where I said my favorite panel was a freaking pumpkin outside of Arkham asylum out of everything. <laughs> that's what I said. My favorite like part, but my, all right, we're talking about part, not panel. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. My favorite part is just freaking the second issue. I, I mean, that's a cop out that it's not like more like specific than that. But I just love the attack on Gotham by the birds. I love yeah. the, I mean, and then the whole thing's just drawn by Brave Fogel. So go figure the exaggerated looks he has, the the awesome panel of Penguin looking devious, and behind him in red is like a destroyed Gotham on one mm-hmm. half, birds pecking Batman to death on the other half. And like, there's just so much cool action, and Brave Fogel drew awesome action. And then, you know, a big plane crashing, your favorite Batmobile crashing, and Batman underwater. There's just like, there's so much going on in that issue and all of it is a plus. So I think just the, the bird attack, mm-hmm. that's just my favorite part of the story. It's just the terror, like the people inside the plane, like as the planes being mm-hmm. ripped in half, you know, like just that one woman's expression is just, it's, you know, you can see like the shock and fear and you even see it in the pilot's faces. It, it, it Fogel did such an amazing job. He did and, just uh, as good on like the big scene of action as he did with a small scene of just emotion on a face. Mm-hmm. All equally great. So now, since I'm getting ahead of myself, what would be your favorite panel? If you have a favorite panel of all this, uh, there's one panel. It's very simple, but it, it's it's <laughs> it's just I forget what issues I'm as I'm fl- oh here it is. It's in I'm flipping through issue two. It's right before the it's right before Batman gets sideswiped by the birds. And it's just, it's a panel of him and the cowl and it's just so Bray Fogle, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, his, his dial, it's incredible. Every local radio station off air, the whole city paralyzed, brought, to, brought to a standstill by birds. And it's just, it's him thinking of, in, in, you know, what's going on in the back cave and just, I just, you know, it's, you could kind of see like that little hook of the typical Bray Fogle shoulder. And as he's driving, it's, it's just fascinating to me. And it's, I just... I love good, and that's kind of why I love the cover of number three. Like I love good cowl shots, yeah. You know, 
and like it's like that's it's like that scene in 89 where he, you know batman's like what people and you just see keaton's eyes and like a silhouette yes. you know like it, it's it's such a it's such a powerful shot to me whether it's live action or in print that like i, I you know i know it's very simple but like that's probably my favorite panel though. like i always look at it and i'm just amazed how imposing and how confident and just how just just his stature in that one paddle and i think it captures everything and uh, yeah i i love cowl shots nice mine is even more simple and now see i'm all a flutter i've i've left my mic to go to a closet and get toys in this episode i'm sending you pictures and talking about it done talking it all. about other shit man we i'm all done over. it all today i'm all over for the listeners just <laughs> for the listeners yeah you can't see what we're talking about but it's the Detective 615, page 8, the bottom panel, and it's just the Batmobile driving on the, on the street out of Gotham. Now, that's weird because it's yeah. like, why out of all this action, why is that your favorite? But I think it's because... It's a beautiful panel. So there's just... Yeah, well, that, that number one. But then there's something just about the Batmobile driving on that road in and out of... You know, into Gotham, out of Gotham out of the bat cave toward the bat cave. That's just, there's something about it. That's just kind of iconic to me instantly descent into mystery. That, I was just going to say, yeah, descent <laughs> into mystery. And what's descent really great about mystery. that panel is, you know, the main bird throughout the story, the, the bird that's kind of like leading the charge mm-hmm. is that white owl. And that white owl is very, you know, like it's very prominent in that panel. And that white owl plays part in, you know, a couple pages down the road, but it's, it, you know, it, you have Batman, ver- essentially Batman versus the owl. You know, this mm-hmm. is this isn't Daredevil. Where's Owsley? You know, like, <laughs> so it's cool. But wait, like, I, is this one of the Court of Owls? Owls? Oh, oh, what? Oh man, that's it. Scott Schneider got Dude, inspired it. by the Penguin Affair. That's um, what it was. Or did Marv Wolfman plot this twenty years oh before Scott God. Snyder brought him into Batman? Scott I'm Schneider just saying. went back in time. <laughs> <laughs> but while you know, I just said like this isn't my favorite Batmobile, but it's a cool show because it. I like how they did like how Brayfogle tried to do lens flares, you know, mm-hmm. with his with the three X's from the headlights. It, like, yeah. I, I see it, it's a cool shot leaving the city to the country to the manor. No, I, I'm with you the whole way. It's it it is a cool cool panel. J.J. Abrams read this and thought lens flares all the way. That's what it is. But I, <laughs> I also think of- him and Larry Fong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like there's there is to add to it and. Just gonna, I mean, I know you got the point, but I can think of Descent into Mystery, and then I can also think of, I mean, it's a gif, but there's a shot of, I don't know if it's Mask of the Phantasm or from the animated series. And I think the bat symbol, the bat signal is up in the sky as the Batmobile is driving on, on a road out of the mm-hmm. city, you know, and I, I know they did that more than just once, like in the animated series itself, but it's just something to me that feeling of at you know at dusk or at night in the batmobile and the city in the background and like it's just that's just awesome to me even kind of like a little bit of like begins when he's on like the turnpike hiding from the cops and then right yeah. before he like jumps into the the bat cave you see like the greenery oh. and the shrubberies he's driving through like though it's there's something empowering about the batmobile driving in almost yeah. driving like right at you you know like those mm-hmm. shots are great and like we both love descent into mystery it's like a minute 20 of just mm. probably like my our favorite like batman thing ever you know just and it's so tim burton the, the, the little stick trees and the winding road and the dun, 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 just the music and it's just it's great if i'm getting attacked by a turkey i want that music to play because then it will empower me to <laughs> beat the shit out of that turkey <laughs> hey siri play descent into mystery <laughs> <laughs> playing descent into mystery now <laughs> and uh, then call 911 <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Oh, uh, Pete. So, do you have any final thoughts you want to say about the Penguin Affair? We have been we have been to the point. We have talked about this story. Is there anything that you haven't mentioned that you really want to say or repeat yourself? I think just it's an interesting story. Give it a shot. I I, I feel like it's a story that not many people are really aware of. Um, Sorry, I couldn't quite hear you. Could you? <laughs> Did you try asking Siri to play Descent into Mystery? <laughs> oh, I don't know why she went off like that. <laughs> I guess, I, I guess my phone's plugged in and it's charging. Wow. I <laughs> she heard it. Before. She, she did. heard the request. She was really delayed though. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. <laughs> okay. It's getting late. Okay. She's tired. Sorry about that. That's perfect. Okay. 
Okay. But uh, I thought that would happen on your end. Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, I, it's an underrated story. I don't think a lot of people know about it. So I, I think it's a worthy entry. If you could, I would, you know, if you could find it in your, you know, your priced backlog at your local comic shop, I think it's worth a pickup. You know, it it's a cool story and it's involving one of the most probably obscure Batman allies that's ever been written in, in Harold Onlet. So I, I recommend it. And you, again, gave him his last name. So that's how much Pete Vera respects Harold. He gives him a last name. <laughs> kind of echo everything that you just said. It, it's a three-issue story. It's, I mean, 40-minute read. Tops. It's available on DC Universe. It's in this Cape's Crusader collection. It's it's a fun story for me. It just It definitely just triggers... Some of my first comics that I read of Batman as a youngster takes me back to that time, which is a good time for comics, for Batman comics especially. But it also it had fun with the Penguin villain. It introduced a new ally that we didn't know at this time was going to become. I don't, I don't know how much you'd say a big part of Batman history, but definitely a a factor in Batman's history. Like he's mm-hmm. he's one of the allies. If you need to mention allies, um, yeah, it's sprinkled with some. With just a little bit of Alfred, you got even more Tim Drake development. Uh, Penguin, he's fun. And it helps show that he's insane because he steals a soap opera actress and thinks that she'll want him, I guess. I don't know. Uh, It's just, it's a fun, it's a fun quick read. And there's some heavy hitters involved in it too. You know, like there's, there's some legends that are are, are part of the story. So like, it's not like, it wasn't like a throwaway they put together. Like, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a fun story. So I'm glad that you picked this. Very obscure. And once people see it, like, this is the new episode, I think that they'll be like, oh, yeah, the Penguin Affair. Yeah. I mean, I. (laughs) This is why we want Pete on the show all the time. I remember bringing this up to a BOF alum and, uh, you know, head honcho at Let's Go, uh, Justin Kowalski. And he literally was like, oh, yeah, the Penguin Affair. I love that. You know, like it's it's not mm-hmm. something you think of off the top of your head, but when someone brings it up, I don't know of anybody who has anything less than fond memories of that story. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Justin uh, Kowalski, he's a gotta go. And he's been on here a few times. He's digging deep. I'm going to say it again. He's digging deep his next appearance. I have no idea what he's what he's going to choose, but he's I – mean, he I just hope it's better than Your favorite killer. story. <laughs> This one's for this one's for Pete. It's his favorite story. We're doing Thrill Killer, so I don't know what he's what he's going for next. Maybe he's going to do like one of like the, a Gotham tie-in comic from the TV series because he knows how much he loves Gotham. So, <sighs> so hey, before we before we wrap up, we just said Gotham. So let's let's go ahead and talk about uh, any of your plugs. Plug something, Mister Gotham. Yeah, um, you could fo- follow my exploits uh, on uh, Detective Comics at Batman on Film. I'll have a new review of 1024 up. Please, uh, if you can, if you feel so inclined to uh, listen to the podcast that I co-host with the champion of Long Island, Mr. Eric Holzman, straight out of Gotham. <laughs> we are on Twitter at straight underscore O underscore G as well as Instagram at the same handle. Um, follow me at Pete Illustrated. Um, I believe Straight Out Gotham also has a YouTube channel, which I think if you just Google or YouTube search on YouTube, Straight Out Gotham, it'll pop up, and you'll probably get a music video made by people that aren't associated with it all, us at all. But you know what? It's it's a really funny music video. So yeah, uh, Pete Illustrated, Straight Underscore O, Straight Underscore G. Uh, meet me there. All forms of social media. Uh, I, I love to talk to you about anything and anything except probably MCU Spider-Man. So let's uh, <laughs> let's just get down to it. <laughs> well, that's too bad because Tom Holland actually messaged me and said, hey, uh, can I join the, the show tonight uh, with you and Pete? And I had to, t- I had to turn him down because I'm like, dude, Pete just does not like you. So <laughs> if it was Andrew Garfield, you know I'd be down. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so you co-host Straight Out of Gotham, awesome podcast. You've let me be on there with your co-host, Eric Holzman, who does some behind the scenes magic for Batman Book Club. He's been on he was on episode number two. Uh, he's coming up again for a, a talker of a Batman book. And also, yeah, go to Straight Out of Gotham because Pete is just Pete is pulling back the curtains to reveal the history of Eric Holzman. And that guy has done it all. He's conquered. He has conquered the Northeast of the wait US. until you so, see what he does next show. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't wait. 
And I, I will wait until you record. I don't want to be tipped off until I'm listening. So follow <laughs> straight out of Gotham. Fun podcast. Good stuff. Good stuff. Pete's a, Pete's a good guy. He's doing good work. Uh, and I know some stuff that you're that you're working toward for Batman on film, which is also going to be great. So, yeah, follow him because he he does uh, the work. Got lots of cool stuff. Me and the old editor in chief, Bill Jet Ramey, got uh, something in the works, and uh, we think that uh, think that you guys are really going to like it. So, very stay exciting. tuned. As for myself, uh, you can follow me on the Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan and Pete. What do I always say after that? Lauer spelled like lower. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you can also follow the Batman Book Club on Twitter at the Batman BC. Go there now, and you can see what I was talking about earlier with a, a just a little giveaway, a little giveaway that's uh, going on for just a little bit longer. And also, if you would spare me thirty seconds, just click the link in this description where you can rate and review the show. It would really help out uh, spreading the word on this on the Batman Book Club because we're having fun, and also get this thing going, get people listening to Pete Barrymore because. The people have spoken. He's a quarter of this show, so it's very important. Uh, so that'll that'll do it for the Batman Book Club. Thanks for listening, and at the advice of Peter Vera, YouTube turkey attacks. Mm-hmm.